Today we're reading from a passage that we ended with in the last segment, and then another passage uh, within the New Testament. So let me invite you to turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, which we're very familiar with because we ended with that in the last segment. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 15. And how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture. Everybody say with me, all scripture. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. That's really our focus for today. And training in righteousness. Of course, we know verse 17, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We have an accompanying scripture to a portion of scripture to consider today and it is 2nd Peter 2nd Peter chapter 1 and verse number 21 For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The Lord had blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. I know we prayed earlier, but let's just go ahead and pray again. Father, thank you for the opportunity to read your word. Thank you for the opportunity to share and deliver your holy oracles from on high. Touch and bless your people. We all want an encounter with you. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we will forever be grateful for this rare opportunity that you give to us today. Through Jesus our Lord and our Savior, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. You may kindly be seated. We have an opportunity today to go to part number five of our 2020 theme series, our theme being Harvest Retention, Discipled to Disciple. And in part number five, we're focusing on the power of the scripture. In part number four, we observed the fact that in the wake of so many diseases, and interesting that we should be talking COVID-19 today. But in the wake of many diseases that humanity is wrestling with, we say it at that time, there has been a new emphasis and focus on the importance of what one eats. And that emphasis is valid because it is now undeniable to say you are what you eat. In fact, there's a book that we have which is entitled Let Food Be Your Medicine. 
because that's how God intended it. We still believe in scientific medicine, the breakthroughs that are there, and they're part of providence of what God has given. But if we, as and when we eat right, generally our bodies are healthier. Our bodies struggle with many a number of ailments today, really induced, if we are very frank and open, by what we eat. Induced by what we eat. So I see some smiles out there. So what should we be eating? If I have a chance to give a half hour lecture, I could share with you. But we don't have that luxury today. So let's carry on. On the spiritual front, God has prescribed a menu for his children. So we say it in pattern number four. And one of the key items that we said on that menu is the word of God. And we did lament that, however, many of God's children sometimes doubt the power of God's word. And that's part of what we are focusing on today. They doubt the power of God's word. And because they doubt that power, they are unable to feed on it consistently enough. So we want to balance that. We went as far as saying some people even doubt the reliability of God's word. And as we deal with this aspect of the scriptures, we will handle today issues to do with God's power and maybe in another session to come. At some point, we want to, look, to also look at why we believe the word of God is reliable. But we start with the conviction level first. At the time we did... Um, lesson number four, I shared the story of Josh McDowell, a leading apologist, who, as a young man at age 19, and a university student at Glasgow, and a skeptic for that matter, one who didn't really believe in the word of God and was doubtful that it's something that could help anyone in this life. But out of interest, as he went to Glasgow University, particularly to engage in some further learning so that he could disprove the word of God. That, that was part of his, his passion. But as he went through their museum, their, their, their library there, they had a 1,600-year-old manuscript of the New Testament. And he shares the story, as I already have shared with you, but let me remind you, of how that as he went there and read the inscription, now that he has been able to narrate this story after receiving Christ, he says, in all honesty, as a skeptic, he could not ignore that something was happening as he was looking at that manuscript. He says as he was reading it, there was, there was a power that he could not explain. This is a student, non-Christian, skeptic, studying in university in order to disprove the word of God. But now unable to explain some 
mystical power that appeared to be oozing out of six, that 1,600-year-old manuscript. Of course, later on, he received Christ as Savior, and that is why he frankly shares this story. And that is the reason why I want to talk about the power of God's word today, because Josh McDowell experienced part of that power. During the time that we were looking at uh, lesson number four, we identified the scripture as a key menu portion for the disciple. And we highlighted three lessons. Number one, from Matthew 28 and 20, and Matthew 4, and verses 1 to 4. That the word of God was at the center of our Lord's command in the Great Commission. Because he said to the disciples, go and teach them to observe all things I have commanded you. So the word of God was at the center. Secondly, we observe that we need to refocus our daily conversation. Um, on the word of God for our own personal growth. I like how Brother Angelus here, as we were having this discussion on covid Asked Dr. Nathan specifically for, okay, so, yeah, this is the global situation, but what do we do in our daily lives? How do we make this work for us? That's exactly how we ought to approach the scriptures. How do I make it work for me? On a daily basis, how does it become relevant? And we said we need to focus our daily conversations on the word of God for our personal growth. And we'll talk a little more about that today. Thirdly, we said we need to seek to feed others what will give them life as we keep ourselves from wrong acts. So in the earlier one, we established man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And in this third lesson, we asked the question, what are you feeding on and what are you feeding others? And that is what got us to close with 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15 and 16, where we have begun from today. So, in today's lesson, in today's uh, focus, we are really looking at the power of the scripture. Let me set a very simple scenario as we get into our lessons for today. The world continues to struggle. And it's more so clear for us here in Zambia with events of just the past few weeks. The world continues to struggle with people who claim supremacy of their personal prophetic words over the written word of God. That is the reality we live in. To the extent where parishioners, congregants, are now in a mode where, quite extremely, they are seeking a personal prophecy every day. So they go to sites 
where people promise a personal prophecy. And you don't know who the people are. Knowing your source is important. Today, I called on Dr. Nathan to talk about COVID because he's a credible witness. He's a credible envoy for the most credible health institution globally that is a lead, technical lead, whenever they say there is an, uh, a global epidemic. He carries the credentials. So he's a credible source. So when you're seeking a personal prophecy daily, what's your source? Unfortunately, we have a situation where people are going to all and sundry, as long as there's a site that says personal prophecy today. From Apostle Chakuti Chakuti, whom you've never met. But he's present every day and, uh, and he's saying hello to the whole world on Facebook. Hello, my friends, my followers. Today, your prophecy is. And people are doing this these days from their living rooms. They're talking to the whole world. But should you really be receiving things from a source whose credibility you're not sure of? This is a crisis, I must say. It's a crisis that our world is in. And some of these same prophets have been talking about killing this COVID virus. It's still here. Let them kill it. But it's here. And yet there are simple things more than just a prophecy. There are simple things we need to do. To keep the virus away. Are we together? So, so the world is beleaguered with, with this thing. What I want to state as I have painted that scenario is very simple. The written word of God cannot be superseded by any human revelation. Please preach that with me and tell your neighbors and neighbor. The written word of God superseded by any human revelation. It's your neighbor. What does the word supersede mean? Never explain. What did the neighbor tell you about the word supersede? Said, never explain. What did they never tell you about the word supersede? Fresh. 
even if you claim that it is as fresh as now, there is nothing, no human revelation that can be ranked higher than this written way. Nothing, 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 none, zero.
So, look at Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 16. It says, all scripture is God-breathed. In other words, it is sourced from God himself. He is the source. Now, I've said already, that source is credible. That source is credible. God himself gave this word. That is why we want to put our trust in it. That is why we want to explore and understand the power of this word. As I answered the question from um, the young reporter that called yesterday, I said to him, I know that, for instance, in this country, we keep having these discussions about Zambia being a Christian nation and everything else and so on, but why is there so much GBV or why uh, are there all these negative things? And I said, look, the, the things that you see around, we will continue to see. Our commitment as a church, he said, what are you doing about it as a church? Our commitment as a church is that we are committed to the faithful propagation of God's word because he is breathed by him. And I will show you here that when we discover the reality of this word as sourced from God, we know that its faithful proclamation brings results. This is sourced from God himself. It brings about result. That result has to do with changed lives. So I told that young reporter about what we're doing this coming this Sunday afternoon. I said, I'm meeting the men in the church. We're talking to the men. It's Women's Day, but we talk to the men. And we believe that when our men apply the word of God properly, I know you know some men that attend church and are not changing. This, the problem is not with the word of God. They are not appropriating the word of God. If a man takes this word and becomes like the psalmist who in 119 said, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I may not sin against thee. This word I have proved for many years. I have come to learn, I know this. From the day, 7th of October, 
Just one more moment of embarrassment, Mr. Gladys, with your permission. So you know that after I came to know Jesus, and eventually came and met this lady, we courted six years. Six years. And I've told you before, the first time, Religion. 
one of my colleagues, uh, Professor um, uh, Secretary, has written and said, secular humanism is a new um, civic religion. In the sense that people who want, don't want God, who want this thing that, that's neutral, so, so that you cannot qualify. No, you want Christian moral ethics sourced from this is the source document. So we want our honorable judges to be able to know that this is a source document for the interpretation of the, the laws that they have to do as they pass judgments. Because when they pass a judgment, it's law. Are you understanding me? And if it's done from this open-ended angle, it means that there will be an establishment of certain things that have a secular base, a very open and, and a secular base in our nation that is detrimental for our future. So, the sourcing from God is absolutely necessary. And let's not politicize this thing. It's just a godly thing to do. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lesson number two. If he is the source, very simple logic, then the scripture contains his very word. If God is the source of this, then what we are reading in the scripture is his actual word. We might even say these are his actual words. So, this is the reason why they can't be ranked lower than what major two, major three, major four says. Uh -uh. Because these are the very words of God. This is what. 100% sure they are the very words of God. If God is the source, it's very simple. Then these are his words. Hallelujah. Now, let's go to Second Timothy, Second Peter. Uh, chapter 1, examining the second scripture. We have just four scriptures to examine today, and we'll be done. Very, very simple. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man. That's very humbling. Hallelujah. But, men spoke from God. Now this is very critical. Because many claim to speak from God, but they're not speaking. From him. Men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. There are other versions that say no scripture came by private interpretation. So we remove personality here and we show the fact that if he is the source of the scriptures, then the scriptures contain his very words. Or we might as well say, then the scripture contains his very word. Either way it goes. His very word is here, or if we use it in plural form, his very word are here. Which means, beloved, you can go to town with what you hear from God's word. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's the reason why I'm saying uh, in today's world, the question that Evangelist asked about how, what to do with, with the information regarding COVID. This is where now you and I can apply this 
on a daily basis. I'd like to encourage young people to have just shared with you from experience. I know that a number of you at age 24, you may not feel like you're ready to make the kinds of decisions we will make. But marriage is married at 24. She was 22. She was 22. Now, in our day, we matured uh, much quicker. We have circumstances around us that helped us to grow. You, our children of today, probably uh, things may take a little longer. You're smarter than we are, but it's taking you longer to mature. And we'll give you the attention. Yeah, we'll give you the attention. It's taking you longer to mature. We'll give you the attention. We're here for you. Amen.
very, very huge and, and respectable uh, crowds. It's high level. So I remember praying with her in the back there and blessing her. It was the day I went to uh, a surgery there for dental attention. I said, how did it go? So she began to narrate what was happening and what happened when she got up in front to speak. And she was narrating all that and the response I said, that, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. You're out there giving a dental talk and talking about possibility of partnering with these high level people in your country. And you're talking about epidemic levels and, and the, the challenges of poverty in a country like Zambia. But she was, she said she was amazed by the kind of response that came in just those few minutes. I must tell you, child of God, that you do not have to mention chapter and verse. But when you stand on this word, the very words of God, the Holy Spirit automatically takes you and carries you. And carries you. So when you do your work tomorrow, this is why we have faith that we are able to disciple a nation. It's not that we bring everybody into the church. No, we have you. We have you in industry. And when you are feeding on the very words of God, the things you say and the things you do, while you are enveloped by the power of the Holy Spirit, those things change lives. That is the faith we have. And that is why we believe we are able to disciple a nation and change a nation. It doesn't all rely on the five-fold ministry. I think it goes back to part of what Elder was speaking about last Sunday. Creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Those the daughters of God. Those who are enveloped, carried by the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you ready to be that person? God is ready for you. Lift up one hand and shout hallelujah. Carried along. Let's come with me. It takes us to the fourth, to the third passage. If these are the very words, it's very simple, just reason. If these are the very words of God, then they possess His very power for our, our lives. So we are at stage three. We've said God is the source of Scripture. And we've said, if He's the source, then the Scriptures contain His very words. But number three, if these then are his very words, then we are saying they possess his very power for our daily lives. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. They possess his very power. His very power. Now, John 20, verse 30 to 31, presents something very important. Let's take a look at it. As the third scripture we're examining, and we'll go to the fourth one shortly, and we'll be finished. 
Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. Okay? Now some people misunderstand that. They use that to say, oh, since there are some things which are not recorded, that is why they are giving revelation. Because some things are not recorded. Ah, but let's go back. This is not about revelation. This is the, talking about the record of miracles. Hello? This is saying Jesus did many other miracles. And some of them are not recorded. It's the miracles. Not your revelation, sir. We don't need it. At least not now. Not ever shall we add. Now, observe the following. I love this because this is powerful. But these, which ones? We've said these are the very words of God, right? <laughs> so he says, but these, these, which ones? Family. Which ones? Which ones? These. These. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Did you catch that? These, these are written. Not, ju not just so that they can be preached. It goes beyond preaching. But these are written so that what should happen? You and I may believe. How and when and where? Meaning daily. In your daily life. In your daily life. I saw your post this week on one of those mission groups. That's the kind of thing that we need to keep doing. Where you're taking the word and applying it. And making sense in the lives of people. These are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. Meaning, you, you are carrying that life. The life is inside you. So you are here, yes. But Yehongulube carries inside him the life, that life of Jesus. How? Because Yehongulube is reading his word daily. And what Yehongulube is reading, whether on the phone or in the physical word, is God's written word. God's written word is his very word. Now these very words are written so that Yehongulube will have life. Amen. How about that? So that you may have life. So in the face of the threat of death, you have life. And you have life to keep. That's why it's written. So you know, sometimes, let me share with you, because of the pressures of life, sometimes you read the word and you're thinking, what's the use? This thing is is there anything in it? So, you have pressures in life, you find that days are passing, 
you are hardly ever taking time to read the word. <laughs> Get back to the word as quickly as you can. Because the word, the written word, carries the very words of God. It's wondrous. It's sufficient. And that is why last year, we said in him we have life. And the life was the light of man. That's why we talked about living the life. Living the life in Jesus Christ. And this is who we are, beloved. Now, I want you to think about it before we close. If this is what we have on our hands, we are the most powerful entity on the face of the earth. By we, I mean the church. That's the reason why the church is fought against. That's the reason why entities out there try to dilute that which we stand for. But you see what's written here. I know I didn't refer to it earlier, but it's in the opening notes that we shared here. Psalm 119 verse 89 says that his word is forever settled in heaven. Your word, O oh Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. So guess what happens? This is spelling. When that word is ingested and digested by you, because it's already settled in heaven, it means your standing already lifts. You are seated in the heavenly places with Christ. His word changes your position. Now that means you and I ought to be doing this more often. Hallelujah. Don't wait for some inspection. We don't have to come inspecting. Did you read the word today? This is for your life. Hallelujah. Your life depends on it. Your life depends on it. Your life depends on it. Is this making sense? So preach and tell your neighbor. Say, neighbor. If these are his very words, then they possess his very power for your daily life. For our daily lives. It means when we take in the word, we're taking in his power. All scripture is God breathed. In this case, let me add, you become invincible. One more for me, you, you, you cousins of mine, not invisible, invincible. <laughs> I'm invincible. Uh -huh. Invincible. You cannot be conquered. That is why the Bible says, when you are in Christ, you are a new creature. And that's why the Bible says, all things work together for good to them who love him who are in Christ. And that if God be for you, then no one against you and that you are more than a conqueror. Somebody shout hallelujah. This is what makes you more than a conqueror. It's the application of his very words to life. 
Because then his power is at work in you. Somebody shout hallelujah. So, these are written so that you and I can believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the Son of God. And that we may know that we carry his life. Fourth and finally, fourth lesson. So, God is the source. Can you say that with me? One, two, three. God is the source. Tell your neighbor, neighbor. If he is the source, then the scripture contains his very word. All the scriptures contain his very words. But three, if these are his very words, then they possess his very power for our daily lives. So say, neighbor, what do we need to do then? Okay, I will answer it. That's our fourth lesson. Our fourth lesson. It's very simple. We need to yield to the Holy Spirit in order to experience full power of the Scripture. We need to yield. God's Holy Spirit comes to anoint His Word. No, you didn't hear me. We began a conversation. 
We'll keep talking. And I said to him, I'm here for you. Because I saw the opportunity. I've given him something to read. And we'll be meeting again within the next few days. I see an opportunity to just be a blessing to a young man who's looking for some answers. And God will bring those opportunities in your life. And I dare say, today, some of you, tomorrow, as you're on the minibus, some of you work in very secure places in government, you are out there. God brings those opportunities. He lays before you these opportunities. The word is inside you, triumph. And he's watching over it. Curious, watching over it. So it means imagine triumph if you were only 10 years old. It does not matter to God. For as long as you're ingesting his word, he will curiously watch over it. And he will do things through your young life. Which means 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old, 13 years old, everybody. Now look at First John chapter 2, verse 26 and 27. As our closure. As our closing scripture to be examined. I'm trying... I'm writing, brother, these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. John says, as you, as for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. I know we hear this anointing. The anointing, we don't even, what are we talking about? It is God's Holy Spirit taking hold of you and enveloping you. Working from inside and taking you to the level where he wants you to go. And that's for every child of God. The anointing you have received. Catalyst of that, the injection of God's word. Just like when you're taking food, the moment that food lands in the first chamber, even in fact as it goes through um, down the throat and onwards into the abdomen. Already that, 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 that food you've ingested begins to attract some processes. The enzymes are not released. Because digestion must now begin to take place. But what happens first? Ingestion. Before digestion. Sounds very scientific. <laughs> So, by ingestion, I mean taking in the word. Taking in the word. You're taking in the word now on a Sunday. But when you go home, taking the word by reading this written word. This is the word that has the power. We're discussing the power. We'll continue. Receive from him. That anointing remains in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you. This is in, in one sense to say that and let me say it lightly. You don't always need somebody external. Like I said, you don't have to go and say, that one is my prophet, that one is my prophet, that one is my prophecy. You, you have the capacity to learn directly from the Lord. That's what we are saying. And this is empowering. This is the power of the scriptures. So much stuff going on now makes you dependent on others in an unhealthy manner. That's not good. 
We know we need each other, yes. But the first place before you can minister to someone else is your ability to draw from God directly. Because that's what enables you to grow. Somebody shout hallelujah. So that anointing remains in you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. So beloved, it's very simple today. God is the source of the scripture. Please preach with me. Tell your neighbor, neighbor. God is the source of scripture. Say neighbor. If he is the source, then the scripture contains his very word. If these are his very words, then they possess his very power for our daily lives. What do we need to do? We need to yield to the Holy Spirit in order